0: this podcast was initially released on Daniel Ebebe's Remote Culture podcast. Daniel is the CEO and founder of Huggy Studio, a Swiss-based IT company that provides advice to entrepreneurs for business growth. And like me, he understands that culture, although not quite measurable, plays a significant role in the success and failure of a business. It was great being on the other side of the podcast fence, if you will. I love having Daniel wrap my brain a little bit about what culture means for Arcanis and how it has evolved now that most of us are working remotely. So I'm not going to give too much away and I hope you enjoy listening to this one and check out Daniel's podcast too.
1: And we're live. (laughs) Hi everyone, today we're with Frédéric, Fred from Arcanis. Thanks so much for being here, Fred. How are you doing?
0: Great, great. Thanks. How about you?
1: Good, great. Thanks for being here. I'm super excited to talk to you about uh, culture today, more specifically remote culture. So for those who don't know you, Fred, um, can you tell us more about yourself and uh, about Arcanis as well?
0: Yeah, sure. So thanks for having me first. Um, I'm Fred, I'm the co-founder of Arcanis. We're a software development outsourcing company based in in the Philippines and in Bulgaria. Um, We've been running since 2010. We have around 300 employees at the moment, and we're working with um, SMEs and scale-ups from uh, mostly Australia, Europe, and the West Coast of uh, the U.S.
1: Wow. Um, how did company start?
0: Yeah, so uh, what I didn't say is that uh, I'm the head of growth, um, and we started... Um, with my longtime friend, um, high school friend actually, uh, Alan de Bonneville, um, about uh, yeah, uh, about thirteen years ago with with Arcanis. But prior to that, we both were based in Hong Kong and we we're running a um, an e-commerce business. And um, for that e-commerce business, we needed developers and customer care people, and we were based in Hong Kong, but we heard that the Philippines was great for customer service people and also software developers. So we had an opportunity to to move to to the Philippines. That was end of 2009, actually. Um, And in 2010, we actually moved the whole business, this e-commerce venture to the Philippines. But the market in which has changed um, and so that e-commerce venture wasn't doing so well anymore. But we had hired a team of developers. We had some friends that were starting to ask us to hire software developers for them as well. And uh, um, looking at the opportunity that this path could give us, that's when we decided to create Arcanis um, and focus on that that business since you know early twenty early 2010. Um, okay. Yeah.
1: So, so it looks like you you traveled a lot, right? Uh, but you're based... In Switzerland, or where you were based in Switzerland, you personally, right? Or
0: um, so I was based in Switzerland until 2008, um, mm-hmm. and then I moved uh, to to work with with Alan in in 2009 in Hong Kong, um, yeah. and uh, for a new this new venture that he had created. Um, and then a year, a bit a, about a year after, we then moved to the Philippines because we thought it was better for for that initial business wow. to to be there.
1: May may I ask, what was this uh, e-commerce about? So what were you selling?
0: um, Yeah. So Alan uh, is really an entrepreneur since he was like 18 or 19 years old. And he was also an avid gamer. So he was uh, gaming in uh, EverQuest and World of Warcraft. And his first venture was um, into buying and selling virtual currency for these online games. And uh, so, in 2001, he started this this business with another business partner. Back then, and um, until 2007, they grew the business to a huge. I mean, it was a huge business. They were the biggest reseller of virtual currency in these games in the world, and I think their sales were about 100 million dollars a year of of these, you know, sales. And um, in 2007 they had a lot of investors from like I mean investment from uh, VC companies, Goldman Sachs and stuff who poured millions of hundreds of millions of dollars in the business and kind of everything blew up where he he got betrayed by his first co-founder and so he exited that business and uh, recreated another business in the same uh, industry but not buying and selling currencies anymore but just buying and selling game accounts. So when a, a gamer was bored uh, playing that type of character in in um, in World of Warcraft, he could come to our website and sell his character for a certain uh, amount of money, usually 100, 200 bucks, and then buy another one that was already leveled up and stuff, saving them like hundreds of hours of work uh, of gameplay, if you want, but the boring part of the gameplay, and then, and then go off and play with that one. Wow. And, uh, yeah.
1: Okay, that's super specific. I didn't expect an answer. I thought yeah, you said yeah. something S- like, S- yeah, <laughs> selling laptops yeah. or something.
0: No, no, it was super, super, super geeky stuff. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: Cool. I'm glad I, I'm glad I asked. So, so now that you had that um, e-commerce, you decided to, first of all, you decided to move to Hong Kong, which shows already that you're kind of familiar with, you know, traveling for business. And then you decide one more time to travel to the Philippines, right? So yeah. at this point of time, you moved twice. Yeah. And um, you wanted to get to like, customer service people first, right? When you moved to the Philippines. Yeah. And you ended up hiring developers. So how, how did that happen?
0: Right. So, uh, yeah. So because in Hong Kong, most of our clients for that first venture were uh, American clients, U.S. clients. And people in Hong Kong don't specifically have a great English accent. They have a very heavy uh, Hong Kong or Chinese accent, which our customers didn't really appreciate uh that much and of course the cost of having um uh customer service people that spoke really good english in hong kong was particularly expensive and we heard from our network of a uh, guy who wanted to sell a small business in the same space and so we started talking with this guy and then we met him and we ended up ended up buying this very small part of the business, but then it opened our eyes to the Philippines and and that we could have really awesome customer service people there because the English level is is the best in, in Asia. Um, they speak kind of American uh, English um, and they're, of course, like a, a lot cheaper than the people we could find in Hong Kong. And I think culturally also, Filipinos are super service oriented. They're like super nice people, super friendly. They always want to help. So, I mean, it's it was a great fit. Um, and uh, and then we wanted to have our developers in-house. Um, and that's what when we started searching for software developers and we realized that we could find good devs in the Philippines as well. And that's kind of like how it started.
1: Great. And at this stage, when you bought this mini part of the business, um, this business already had employees.
0: Yeah, but it was a it was a side business. So the guys that we the small business that we bought actually they were uh, uh, playing games to level up uh, game accounts to be resold down the road. So they were not customer service people, but they were like a small part of the business where we thought we could have part of the of the mm-hmm. supply done by ourselves instead of going to the market and uh and so uh, it was a fun little uh part that we that we bought and
1: um, yeah gotcha yeah yeah and 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 then so that was in that was when like 10 years ago you Tw- said yeah in
0: 2009 2009
1: okay yeah yeah so 2009 you decided to go and open up this this shop in the philippines and you had zero employees right and now you have yeah. 300 employees or over 300 employees Yes. Uh, right? yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So tell us, um, if we if we do the the shift to, to the to the culture of the company, um, three hundred employees within ten years it's 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 very fast. Like uh, some agencies make it to twenty within 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 a couple of years, and it's still like a nice a nice growth. So tell us tell us about like how how did you go with the topic of hiring, and how did culture evolve over time? Mm-hmm. um the more you grew and the more employees you had.
0: yeah so i think every time the a company reaches a certain threshold and it's different i guess for every company and and every industry but um, you have to change a bit the structure of the company you have you reach certain points where you realize okay this kind of structure doesn't work anymore and then we have to adjust it and so we started as a traditional company like with a traditional structure with you know uh, managers and units of developers, um, and then over time, um, we we changed uh, um, the structure, but how we were managing or giving more and more autonomy uh, to to the developers by putting them directly with the client, and then uh, giving them like empowering them and manage their own career. Um, rather than having, you know, people busing them around and stuff like that. So um, we give them, of course, the, uh, the more autonomy by giving, uh, you know, f- schedule flexibility, uh, now location flexibility, and this this came with, with COVID, right? Um, and basically the premise is that we trust uh, that they'll do a good job um and so this allows us to reduce the monitoring metrics and stuff like that and um and actually um the way we we do that is also the client is kind of the one who is going to assess the performance of the developers um and so they know developers know that as long as their clients are happy um then they are safe uh with us and then if for example a client is an unhappy about the performance of someone, then we really do a, a great job by trying to understand where does this problem come from? And in a lot of the cases, it's not the developer's problem. It's like the tools that are given to him, maybe the, re- the requirements that are given to him, the processes that we or the company that is our client has that is detrimental to the collaboration. And then so we try to fix that. And then when developers have issues usually it's because they have personal problems and then um we try to help them and give them some Got time you. to to regroup and uh, yeah um and that's just one more thing that i think is very important is when we reduced yeah. we tried to be a bit of a flatter organization and removing mm-hmm. middle management um it also helped remove a lot of the of the politics inside the company, which is what a lot of people don't like about working in companies, is all the office politics, and so that was a big part of us trying to remove it.
1: So the way you're structured is that you have you have the company Arcanist then you have all the employees, and yeah. all the employees also have a client or several mm-hmm. clients. Is that correct?
0: Mostly one client, so they are dedicated to one client. Yeah, and okay. um, they are led. By the client on a technical perspective, so um, our developers work with lead developers or CTOs, and they are they are basically managed on a technical uh, technical basis. Yeah. To make them grow as well.
1: I see. And isn't that isn't that a challenge when you look at the culture? Because you have one company, one organization, right? With like yours, Arcanis, mm-hmm. then they're based in a, in a location abroad. And they have one client they work mainly for that is also somewhere else right Mm -hmm. so is the is the employee part of the arcanist culture like your company culture or is the employee part of the client's culture
0: both um because uh, well yeah developers are in the philippines or uh, now recently in bulgaria Um, but they identify first with arcanist because they're hired by us and then we do a a good. I mean, we try to go, uh, do a good job at integrating them in the company culture. We have like events. We have, I mean, a lot of things that are happening uh, aside the project they're working on. But they also really identify themselves a lot with uh, with the client they're working with because they are part of the client's team, and and they are mostly treated as as you know same as other employees. Um, simply just not. For example, in Australia or in Switzerland, because simply we work remotely. So, um, and we encourage our clients to also do a lot of stuff and and integrate them in the in the company's culture.
1: I see. Now, if we focus just on the on the on the company culture of Arcanis, yeah, how because you said um, they identify to Arcanis to the to the to your company. Mm-hmm. So how do they actually? identifying how do you measure that like how do you measure culture overall with um Arcanis? I rephrase what is culture yeah. for you
0: yeah so um so culture is what we do for our employees and um i would say we we the way we the way we see it is like it's employees first and customers second. Um, and uh, so customers don't really like to hear that. But the uh, truth is is we we have to care first for our employees so that we know. So this means like it means performance, it means culture, it means interest in the job. I mean, I can explain that in details. But if we take care first of, the, of this and we have happy, motivated employees that are working on projects they like, then... Uh, they're going to make the, the client happy, and so um, so that's what we our culture is is really empowering and taking care of of of, of our employees. And you you asked another question just before you you rephrase is like how do we measure culture? Um, and we don't really me- we can't really measure culture. We actually measure the results of the of the culture, um, and the way we we do that um, is we talk to each and every one of our developers every six months. And so we are asking them obviously if they're happy with their project, uh, happy with the clients, and of course, happy with the company and what improvement suggestions they have for the company or the project they're working on. So, uh, and then the, the thing is because we, we try to work on trust as much as possible, Employees really tell us what they think. Uh, they would really write us uh, like thorough um, um, feedbacks on how we can improve. And so it's this evolving thing where we try to to um, uh, to act on on the suggestions we, we get. We also do a lot of uh, uh, surveys uh, throughout the company to to get the color, I mean the the temperature if you want. Um, Ed. We get a sense also on our Glassdoor reviews. So Glassdoor is a site where people, where employees can leave reviews. Um, and the final metrics, really, I think, is the attrition rate. Um, how 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 often do people leave um, the company? And then if we look at the um, the average of the industry, which is around twenty percent, we're like at less than eight uh, percent. So. We think that uh, attrition is natural and is 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 healthy, um but we try to maintain it down as much as, as we as we can. So it I know it's not exactly the, the response you were maybe expecting in like what is our culture, but
1: uh, um um this is no, how we see it. Yeah, that's that's good because I think there's no there's no right and wrong. Um like I, I heard once the, the founder of Airbnb saying um, there's no bad or good culture. There's just weak and strong cultures, and and I like that sentence a lot. And and how you do it is like it's so personal because there's no there's no books right. about you know how to create the yeah. exact right culture. And if there yeah. was a book, yeah. I wouldn't buy it because you know that's that's not <laughs> that's not how that's you
0: right. do it. I heard this this sentence actually. Um, it goes a bit in the same way as you said, but this 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 uh, sentence where culture is not what you say. So we don't have all these values that are printed on a wall or, or stuff like that because words are empty if you don't act on on what you're saying. So that's why we put so many um, efforts into you know improving the, the autonomy, the comfort, um, and the giving meaningful work to to our um, to our employees. And I can go into more details also uh, on on. On what we did to improve the culture over time.
1: Yeah. So that that would be my next question actually. And and because you mentioned it real um real quick with the with the values. So we work with values with at at, at Hague Studio, but we, we had that exact same problem. Like saying that the values are just here and they're written somewhere and nobody really, you know. Um yeah use them or, 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 or you have to them. believe that... in them exactly uh, you exactly. can't just feed be...
0: values and think that exactly. people would just uh, do what is written on the wall uh... yeah exactly
1: especially if you just read it one time when you when you start you know you, you work yeah. your first day and here are the values okay thank you very much yeah. great values yeah. and then yeah. nobody leaves yeah. them because it's basically yeah. like do what i say know what i do and yeah. and that's and that's pretty yeah common to see and Great. So, so, just for the sake of um, clarification, so far you're all in the same building, or not, like not today, but like until until before COVID, before COVID.
0: Until March thirteen or fifteen or something, when uh, everything locked down oh, pretty much everywhere on the planet. Right? We were we were ninety nine percent office based. Yeah.
1: Okay. Good. So, mm-hmm. so let's have two phases. Like the first. The first one would be pre-COVID. What did you do to yeah. improve culture? And then after COVID, if that's okay for you.
0: Yeah. So what what we did before COVID was I think the stuff that I mentioned earlier, which was like a uh, try to change the, 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 the structure of the company to give more autonomy, uh, remove the structure, um, empower the developers to understand that um, it's in their hands. We put a lot of stuff uh, in terms of growth. So we we put uh, paid trainings they could take. We 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 built a canteen where we were distributing free food. We were um, uh, we we implemented like a, a gym memberships. We had yoga classes. We had yeah. outings, movie nights. Um, so many
1: perks, right? Yeah, mostly uh, mostly employee perks.
0: Yeah, because I mean, people in the Philippines really. When you go to work, it's a bit different than in Europe. I think when you go to to work, you really make friends at work. Like, uh, you don't. It's not like you you come and just keep your life private, and then you go out and you have a different set of friends. A lot of the time, uh, and because more than forty percent of our employees have been referred by other employees, um, then. Th- you bring your friends at work. So that's, that's why we do things so that people can get together and, and enjoy time together um, because that really is super important.
1: That's an, that's an impressive metric, actually. You said 40%. Yeah,
0: but more than 40% wow. of our new employees are referred by our current employees.
1: Wow. Yeah. And if we move now to, to after COVID, so COVID hit um, for, the, for the ones who are not familiar with the, the Philippines or Bulgaria, um, how bad was, how bad was COVID for, for you guys?
0: So I don't know about Bulgaria because that happened uh, after COVID, but in the Philippines, it was really, really bad. Um, And in the first four months, we, we basically weren't allowed to leave our homes um, without having the risk of, of having serious problems. Uh, we had cops and and some military in the streets it was i mean i it was a bit traumatic for me uh uh so it was it was really home based but like a hundred percent home based uh you couldn't go out to have a walk or nothing nothing like
1: that so yeah. you had to reinvent kind of the company culture right because it was mostly yeah. based on perks like eating together gym yeah those kind of things yeah. so how did you reinvent yeah. then company culture
0: yeah so um yeah, that's true. A lot of the stuff was gone, right? And so we tried to have like, uh, um, give in even more autonomy and, and try to give as much comfort as possible with the home based structure that is here for mm-hmm. us to, to kind of uh, stay. So we gave a, a lot of allowances, um, monthly work from home allowances and stuff like that. We tried to add additional health benefits. So we were paying already like the gym membership. But then we went on to say, okay, you guys can buy home equipment because one problem in the Philippines is the nutrition and the exercise. a lot of people don't exercise and the food is really not healthy. Um, so we are, we're putting a huge emphasis on um, on like uh, trying to get people to move and to, to eat healthy. So our canteen, for example, was like, okay, we're doing healthy meals, you know And we had an Australian chef that was preparing, that was the mission he was cooking i mean preparing the menu with healthy stuff um and so we tried to 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 keep doing that we had some online zoom events but i mean you can go as as far as it goes with with that i mean it's mm. not replacing for for um for people to meet and i think a lot of people in the philippines also were have been really scared of covid for a long time uh, because also the vaccines came late, so it was hard to 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 get in-person events for almost two years. Um, so yeah, we yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, that was bad for many countries. But in, in, yeah. in if I remember correctly, we always had like, you know, it was bad for like three months and then good for two months and bad for three months. I mean, I refer to Switzerland. Yeah. yeah. So. Yes. Yeah, so, so here now... was
0: kind of bad uh, throughout.
1: So so that was like two years ago, right? Yeah, I need to. Yeah, it's two years ago. So 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 how did you take it? Because you you start with okay, now you should be able to work at home with the right equipment and so on. Mm-hmm. But you said before they were really identifying to our So how did that change?
0: Yeah. So yeah, we we kind of were worried that the company would the culture would would fizzle a little bit, and I guess, but because people. We're mostly scared of going out and stuff and nobody really wanted to come back to the office. And coming back to the office was logistically so difficult that, uh, we just said, okay, home based stuff is going to remain for as long as possible. So we just tried to make their lives as nice as possible and give them, giving them like flexibility with time and stuff like that so that they can, you know, mix their uh, personal stuff with, with work in a, in a nice way. But then we tried to add. Uh, over time, also additional health benefits. Um, We have like, we have a foundation that is helping uh, poor families with math education. So we're helping around, uh, I think, 2000 families a year with that. And we encourage, for example, our employees to, to, to work out. And every time they work out, they get a a small cash incentive, but we match that cash incentive with stuff we're donating to the foundation. Um, so we, we've logged, I think, in the last two years, more than 30,000 workouts. <laughs> that, that was probably around $30,000 uh, given to the foundation. Um, and now we people are coming back to meeting again. So we've increased also these, these perks. Uh, we've hired a dietitian. We've hired a wellness coach okay. that does stuff remotely for now. But what we're doing, the next stuff we're going to do, and we're actually really starting the project now, is to build a gym uh, for our staff. So we're hiring CrossFit coaches from France um, uh, to come and build this gym with us. And then with that gym, we're going to try to build some kind of community center. So uh, we have this gym element, but then we have this cafe and restaurant element And then on top of that, we want to build like a hangout and co-working space where our employees would come and work with their buddies whenever they want. And of course, we try to encourage them to come and and work out with us. So it's not going to be just CrossFit. It's going to be like CrossFit, high-intensity stuff. We probably have yoga and a bit of boxing stuff. We don't know exactly yet, but we're going to build a building specifically for for, for Arcanists and, and our people.
1: So I have I have two like follow-up questions or, or discussion points. So the first one is I'm impressed by how much you push the healthy components. It's like it feels like it feels like you know people work also at Arcanist to become better overall, not only at work, but like also to have a better yeah. lifestyle and to have a, a better health. It looks like you're really caring about you know how yeah. they evolve also outside of you know, yeah. technical skills. Yeah. And that's and that's and that's beautiful to hear and to watch and to understand actually. So is that is that like did I s- summarize it the right yeah. way?
0: Yeah. I mean and it's yeah, because I, I used to be quite fat and my business partner Alan also was was pretty overweight when I joined him in, in in Hong Kong and and I discovered the fitness journey a bit earlier than he did. But now he's we're both we both became CrossFit addicts and then we're like Listening to every podcast that we can of really like super high end doctors and and special specialists in 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 longevity in healthy living and stuff like that, and it has changed my life. It has really changed his life as well. And once we when we started pushing this to uh, to our employees we started with what we call the Wednesday class where I would go talk about health and fitness and stuff and trying to push them with first Spartan races because I was I was a business partner with uh, with um, with the guy who launched Spartan races in the Philippines we even opened a, a training ground in in, uh, in Cebu and I got to to race with a bunch of my employees we went to Manila we went to Malaysia and so it just kind of started like that and then we are like wow this is you know it it could really change people's lives and then and it has and so in this this snowballing effect um that we saw at the beginning was a 10, 10 15 people and now since COVID ended ish so people can meet again <laughs> um
1: Fingers crossed.
0: yeah we created an app where people can log their workouts and get their bonuses and stuff um, and we pushed it. Now we say, if, if you guys work out, we give you a Garmin watch to measure your stuff. And then we, we we pass from 50 to more than 100 people who are working out at least two, three times a week, logging their workouts. Uh, so uh, it, it, that's culture, right? Like we care yeah, about people, is. they feel it, it and they're so proud of their achievements. We sponsor races. We, you know, so it's, and it's so cool. Uh, it
1: is. Hey, absolutely. Congrats. Because, you know, when, when we hear some of the perks, we just have the feeling, okay, those are employee perks because many companies offer like, hey, go to train and you can go to the cinema and stuff. But when we dig a little bit deeper, I have the feeling that it goes back to the direction of, a you know, employee first, customer second. A, you need to first help yourself because, before you help others. You need to first love yourself because, before you can love others. Like, that's like the one thing that keeps on coming up, you know, in our discussion. And it looks like this is all about Arcanist. Like how how can we make people feel better overall, happier, you know, in better health, uh, like happier yeah. with their family and stuff so that they can yeah. be happier, the clients can be happier. It's just like this whole loop, right? And it comes yeah. from your story. So I think, I think that's a pretty strong culture that also very much matches your DNA, right?
0: Well, it, it, I mean... Uh... I, it changed it got even more important over time right at the beginning we kind of when we arrived in the Philippines we didn't know how much time would would stay here how things would work out and, and and over time you you first we struggled I mean we struggled for five or six years to start the business and we're probably' we're, we're not that focused on on culture from the start although we knew that it was really important but we didn't have the means to actually deploy uh, deploy it right, and uh, and then we had to learn the culture of the country, learn how what people like and, and 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 the struggles and and what makes them happy and stuff, and then over time, and that's particularly Alan's job, really, to work on the culture so much, and uh, and now we're we're at a, at a place where uh, I mean we're really far from being perfect, but everything we add is, you know, it's like it's kind of magically fitting in, in what we started and, uh, and we ask people, right. So we do stuff that people we know are going to like. Um, we just have sometimes to find a bit of incentive to make them move and stuff like that, because some are afraid some, you know, but, um, and, and it's just so cool. And, and now it's more like, okay, we're like about this gym stuff. Uh, it came, uh, Really, we we talked about it for some times and stuff. But one afternoon on Sunday at at my place, I had Alan and his girlfriend over and we're chatting around the pool. And, And we had traveled so much in the last two years over COVID. And I've seen so many different CrossFit gyms around. And I was like, oh, wow. If we had this in Cebu, it would be fantastic. And then look, think about the people what it could bring to the culture and 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 Alan and I the next day we're like okay let's do it like now let's do the business plan let's and it's so much fun and i'm sure people would would really love it um
1: but, and and yeah. and that's the thing like you mentioned before like people are happy but sometimes you need to give incentives um yeah so two things first thing is it really helps when you have like a a role model, like you guys are the, the founders and the managing directors of, of the company and you embody that, like you go out and you train, you go, you know, you even travel and then you train there and that's like who you are. Right. So when you can look up to somebody, to someone who does that, that that really helps. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is like um, this year I run a, a, like a mini marathon. I don't know how, how to call that, like a a local kind of a local event here in, in Switzerland. And that was the first time I did that. like. I never did such a thing before. And there is this sense of pride after achieving something yeah. that you always thought that chi- you would yeah. not do, yeah? Like this yeah. sense of yeah, achievement. Yeah. It's so good. And it opens up so many doors where you go like, if I did that, then I can do more, right? And then yeah. you feel happy it's, about it. It's empowering. It's, so it's exactly. super empowering. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's, and and that's pretty much what, what Arcanist is about to me after we, we talked and, and better understood like, your culture.
0: Yeah. You see people light up, you know, like, and then they gain a lot of confidence. I mean, we've had people with us for 13 years. We've, I mean, our first employees, we still have them. Uh, some have left obviously, but we, and, and it's funny because you see these people join us when they're really young and they're super shy. Uh, and then uh, maybe they meet their wife or husband, uh, They then they start maybe working out or something. And then you look at them five six ten years later and then like wow what a long way what a strong person they've become and 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 it's not just because of us obviously but we want them to feel like they can be themselves we have we we had a a campaign that we did for recruitment with like bring yourself you know like um come as you are and uh and 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 that's that's um that's uh that's that's how we want people to feel, um,
1: yeah. And, and 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 those would be my, my last two questions. So um, the first one, I just want to get back to um, to something you said and challenge you a little bit because because now that you know um, COVID hit, then you were all home based, and now you are building this huge building for Arcanis, right? Where there'll be Sounds so be many huge, but okay, this, this... medium. <laughs> It's yeah, it, it sounds huge when you say it, like three levels and fitness and stuff. Um, I'm sure it's going to be big, and and it it feels a little bit like you're fighting remote work. You want you want people to come back to the office, right? Or come back to a the, to a to a not to the office, but to to some sort of place where they can yeah. meet in person, right?
0: Yeah, um, is that your strategy, yeah, like fighting remote? No, well, it's so it's not a strategy uh, to bring people back, but I think we. I have the feeling, and that's my my view. Uh, is like we we have um, okay. Everybody was working in an office more or less, like, uh, and then everybody was going completely crazy about their lives, uh, like, because during COVID, you just think about all the stuff you were putting yourself through. It was insane. You everybody was busy, not a minute, stuck in traffic, going there, and then doing all these things, and then suddenly, like, for four months, nothing, like. Uh, <laughs> Fear for a lot of people. I was, I was like, oh my god, the business is gonna die. I was like super worried. Uh, and Alan was like, chill. The company is fairly solid. You know, like we we lost a, a bunch of clients. It gave us some other opportunities. But I mean, it was it was scary. Um, but then you had all this time also to think and and no, you couldn't go anywhere anyway. So like, um, and and everybody was super happy with their home setup. Like. Uh, it's nice to work from home. I'm doing this 90% of the time I'm working from home. That's my home office. Um, and I would never go back to the office uh, full time. But then after two and a half years of not seeing your colleagues, um, some people, not, not everyone, right. Um, are missing the connection that you have with your friends and, and your colleagues. And, uh and so that's why there's this revenge traveling. There's like uh, companies that are forcing people to come back to the office. Some others have different policies and stuff. And so we take an approach where we believe that connection is really important. And we have events throughout the year where we fly everyone in Cebu. We have events at the, at the beach or in a resort. We have this Christmas thing. We have like fun days and stuff. But because our base is in Cebu, um, we also want to give the opportunity for people to meet when they feel like they want to meet, you know? And and so, um, and today we probably have 10, 15% of the people who come back to the office because that's what they want or that's what they need, whatever. Um, but everybody's kind of happy to meet every now and then. So if these people are, we give them the opportunity to work out because a lot of people, of the people that we have are working out. So they have to go to the gym anyway. Um, so why don't we give them an opportunity to also catch up with their colleagues and stuff and, and strengthen that, that culture. Plus if you come work out, uh, that's not something I'm, I, sh- I know we're going to do or uh, I'm for sure. But like, if you come work out, then you get a free, a free meal or something. I don't know. Like, uh, and, and, you know, and it's bringing people together, maintaining the, the culture, and for people who who cannot come to Cebu or not in Cebu, um, we have created some groups in cities, um, in other cities of the Philippines, so people can meet there, um, and trying to to keep on adding perks and stuff uh, that would keep them close.
1: So it is safe to say that um, Arcanist is betting like on a hybrid model where flexibility is the keyword.
0: Yeah. Uh yeah, it's like you do you do what you want. Uh we trust we trust you're you're doing the best for you and your client. Um and and I think the immense majority uh are doing are doing that. Yeah.
1: Great. I just have a last question before we leave. Um Go ahead. So, yeah, so the first or actually two questions, sorry, I keep on I keep on coming up with last questions, then I add two questions. So we didn't touch hiring, you said, come as you are. Um, is there is there any cultural aspect that you look when hiring? Or is it mostly about technical skills, and then you turn them into, you know, um, athletes, when they when they join Arcanis?
0: Yeah. Uh, so but the first thing is uh, because we have so many referrals from from existing uh, uh, employees, so the people that we bring in are kind of matching in terms of the mindset and and the personality. So that's already mm-hmm. good. But we do we do uh, look at personality traits um, to see if people would 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 blend in um, the culture that we have and looking at the past experiences they had. Um, and so on. so uh, yeah, we do we do pay attention to to like the soft skills um, and traits of people.
1: Yeah. Got you. And now my very last question, Do you have any recommendations for remote teams who are listening?
0: Nothing that comes on top of my head. I think I try to be as exhaustive as possible into what we did or what we are with what we are doing. Um, oh there's one thing that I didn't mention actually. Um, I don't know how much this relates to, to your question for remote teams, but it's more like in the in the um, in the in the culture is that we have one thing that we call Arcanist ventures, which is the investment arm of Arcanis, where we take stakes in 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 startup scale-ups that we're working with. And what we are Trying to do is when we've invested in a company enough to de-risk the the investment, we open this to to our our employees where we tell them like, look, if you want to invest part of your bonus stuff, um, uh, and 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 hopefully get you know a, a good investment and good return out of your investment, then uh, then we open that to them and we add a twenty percent premium. So if they put 100, then we just put 120, and that's that. there's already um, stuff like that. So again, it's, it's on the culture. It doesn't need to be remote. Um, uh, but I could add one more thing, and that's more like on the operational side. Um, for people who are generally new to remote uh, work, um, and it could it applies mostly to software development, but it actually could 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 uh, apply to to any kind of department. Is I think a lot of people don't put enough work in improving the specifications um, they're giving to their people remotely because there's this bit of the disconnect or the distance from from you know being in the in the company and and of this sharing of knowledge. So then you have to share that knowledge uh, uh, differently. You can't just replicate how you've been working. Uh, like in the same office uh, or in the same room, um, and and you have to realize that working remotely, there's just a few more things that you need to put into working with the people, like more information. Um,
1: gotcha. Absolutely. Uh, in, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, and also, like in forms that are uh, asynchronous, right? That you don't have yes. to jump into a meeting just to understand how to use that tool, because then everybody's stuck
0: right yeah
1: Fred yeah. thank you so much was really like very thank inspiring you, to, uh, to see like what you what you guys do at, at Arcanics and uh, I wish you all the best
0: yeah thank you very much the same to you I think you have really really awesome projects going on
1: nice see you soon
0: see you Daniel thank bye. you bye bye if you enjoy this episode please like it rate it or share it with someone who could benefit from it. Get in touch and tell me what you think on LinkedIn at Frederick Joy or via the link in the description below.